this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. One of the songs we sang this morning was, the king is in the room, the healer is in the room, the savior is in the room, and his name is Jesus. Pastor Rob called me a couple hours ago and said his voice is not working and asked if I would speak this morning. So before we do that, I'd like to pray for Pastor Rob. I'd like to pray for any of you a little under the weather today because the healer is in the room. And I'm reminded of the uh, centurion uh, leader who came to Jesus one day and said, my servant back home is sick and he's about to die. Will you come and touch him and heal him? And Jesus said, okay, let's go. And then the centurion uh, leader said, but you know something? I'm not worthy that you come to my house. Will you send your word and heal him. And scripture tells us that very hour he was healed. So not only I'm gonna pray for each and every one of you here today, but we're gonna send healing to someone in your family who is sick today. Someone you know that is sick because the healer is in the room. So let's just do that now. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our healer. We ask for a special touch on Pastor Rob this morning, that you touch him, that you heal him. And Father, whoever is upon our minds here today, that needs a touch from you, whether they're at home sick, they're in a nursing home and not feeling well, or they're in the hospital. Father, we send healing in the name of Jesus, that you touch them, that you heal them, and that they will be whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't have to tell you this, but it is cold outside. (laughs) And I personally would say thank you to each and every one of you who are here today. But you know what? I believe you've touched the Lord's heart because the Lord said, is saying in his heart, my children are willing to brave the elements to come to worship me, to come and to be in my house. In the early 1960s, a man named Charles Schultz started a cartoon called Peanuts. And if you don't think a man who, or a woman who is an artist can glorify God, We know better than that. So Jeff, can you play that little clip, please? On December 8th, 1965, that cartoon was first aired. What is the true meaning of Christmas? And I I have to think, that's been 57 years ago and it's still being shown today. And we all know Isaiah 55, 11 says that the word of the Lord will not return void. It will do that which it was set out to accomplish. I believe there have been children and parents listening to that for the last 57 years who the seed of the word of God was planted in their heart and they heard the true meaning of Christmas. The thing I find interesting about that, um, I was listening to a rabbi recently and he told about uh, Luke chapter two and the true meaning of Christmas. And it says the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds and he explained that those shepherds were just not ordinary shepherds. Shepherds look after the flock to take care of them. But the shepherds 
in the time of Jesus, they were shepherd priests, which meant they were in charge of taking care of the lambs that were born to be used in sacrifice in the temple for the covering of the sins of man. And we all know that in, in, the, um, in, in Exodus 12:5 it says that lamb must be without spot or blemish. So those shepherd priests, to ensure that those lambs would be without spot or blemish from getting stuck in a briar bush, cutting themselves on a rock, which would create a spot or blemish. Therefore, they could not be used in the temple sacrifice. So they would wrap them in swaddling clothes, strips of cloth to protect them from being damaged in any, any way. And it also tells us, uh, we just watched that Jesus would be born in the city of David. Luke 2.4 tells us that is Bethlehem, is where David was born. And isn't it amazing? David was a, he was the second king of Israel, but he was the amazing king of Israel. He was a man after God's own heart. So God chose the savior of the world to be born in the city of David. And it said he, the shepherd were told that they would go and find him, and, and this is how you would know which baby it is. He would be wrapped in swaddling clothes, and he'd be lying in a manger. Isn't that amazing? When those shepherds went to Bethlehem, they went to the manger and they found Jesus, born as a baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes. They knew swaddling clothes meant protection for that lamb from spot or blemish. They, were, they knew for sure, they were seeing the true lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And back then, the, the, uh, the blood sacrifice of animals would only cover the sins of man. But that baby born in a manger, the blood of Jesus, he washes our sins away to be remembered no more. As far as the east is from the west, and what's amazing about that is science tells us today that our universe, our galaxy, is growing every day. Every second is expanding. It is growing further and further away. That's how far he cast our sins. So far away that they're to be remembered no more. And just like Linus told Charlie Brown, this is what Christmas is all about. There's two uh, specific uh, Bible, or books in the Bible that tell us about the birth of Jesus. One of them is Matthew, and in Matthew chapters one and two, he gives us the Jewish perspective of who Jesus is. Uh, Jeff, did you have those scriptures? Do you have Matthew 1.1? 1, 1? Matthew 1.1 1, 1 says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, we, we talked about David a moment ago, that the Savior was born in the city of David, which was Bethlehem, and David was an amazing king who was after God's own heart, but he's also the son of Abraham. Remember, Abraham is the very first Jew. That's where the Jewish uh, uh, nation came from. Remember, you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob's name was turned to Israel. The other book in the Bible that tells us about the birth of Jesus is Luke, Luke chapter one and two. And it gives the Gentile perspective, our perspective, 
We, I, I was not born a Jew. I was not raised in, in a Jewish home. So therefore, I'm a Gentile. Gentiles were grafted into the kingdom of God. But Luke tells us the Gentile perspective, our perspective. What's interesting, he starts out telling about Zacharias and Elizabeth. Both were faithful servants of the Lord. Matter of fact, Zacharias was a priest in the temple. And the name Zacharias means God has remembered. God has remembered. Luke 1, 7, if you have that up there, Jeff. But they, meaning Zacharias and Elizabeth, had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So Zacharias and Elizabeth, they're servants of God. Zacharias is a priest in the temple. They've wanted to have children, they weren't able to. Now at their point in their life, it is humanly impossible for them to have children. They're too old. Now they can no longer have children. You have verse nine there, Jeff. Then it says, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot, fell to, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. You know, there were priests, since you only went to the Holy of Holies one time a year, there were priests who served in the temple who never ever in their lifetime had an opportunity to burn incense in the presence of the Lord. They never had that chance. It says the lot fell upon Zacharias. You see, God had a plan for Zacharias in his life. He was chosen by the Lord. Proverbs 16, 9. I'm not sure if I gave you that, Jeff, or not, but it says that we make our plans in life, but God orders our steps. We all make our plans. I'm gonna do this. This is, this is what, what I'm gonna to do today for the next year, for the next 20 years, whatever it is in life. We make our plans, but God directs our steps. And as Zacharias was burning incense in the temple, he looked to his right and the angel Gabriel appeared to him. The Father God sent Gabriel to Zacharias to speak to him. In verse 13, Jeff, if you have that, please. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. We're gonna come back to that. For your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call him John. Now if you remember back in verse seven, it says that Zacharias and Elizabeth, were, they had no children, or Elizabeth was barren. But Gabriel was sent from God the Father to tell Zacharias, your prayer has been heard. God heard your prayer. Your prayer was to have a son, to have a family. You're not able to. And you, were, you never had children, and now you're at a point in your life where humanly, it's impossible for you to have children. But Gabriel came and said, God has heard your prayer. Luke chapter one, verses 34 to 38. I don't think I gave you that, um, Jeff. I can't see, is that up there? Yeah. Oh, it is, okay. <laughs> I guess I did give it to him. Let me just read that anyway here. Luke one, 34 to 38. 
bear with me a second here. This same Gabriel, the angel, came from the throne of God, sent by God to tell Mary she is about to have a baby. Verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One whom is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. And then verse 37 says, for with God, nothing is impossible. Isn't that amazing? Gabriel was sent to Zacharias to say you're gonna have a son, which is humanly impossible. Then six months later, Gabriel is sent to Mary to say you're gonna have a son, and she says, how can this be? I, am not, I, have, I have never had a relationship with a man. Therefore, it is impossible, humanly impossible, for me to have a baby. And what did Gabriel say? With God, all things are possible. So, here we have two miracle births. Elizabeth, who's too old, and Mary, who's never had a relationship with a man. You see, God has a plan. And it doesn't matter what human nature says. Doesn't matter what mankind says. Doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what the scientists say. It's what God says that matters. It's his word for what he says will always come true. And it goes back to Genesis chapter three, verse 15 in the Garden of Eden after the fall of man, when God prompted, he, was, he spoke, uh, I'm sorry, he spoke to the serpent in verse, or Genesis three fifteen, and he says, I will put enmity, which is war, which is a battle, between you, the serpent, and the woman. And it will be between your seed and her seed. Woman does not have a seed. But that's where the battle's gonna come from. And he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. God is speaking to the serpent at that time. God made many promises in the Old Testament concerning the birth of Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah coming. He said in Micah chapter two, or five, verse two, which was, I think, 800 years before Jesus was born, he said he would be born in Bethlehem. Now that's a brave statement to make. I spick, I, he, God picked the specific city, town, that he would be born in. And this is the one that really blesses my, my heart. Isaiah seven fourteen, where the Lord speaks to Isaiah, and he tells Isaiah to go to King Ahaz and tell him what I'm about to tell you. You see, the four kings of Israel before King Ahaz were great men of God. They worshiped God, they honored God, but King Ahaz got away from that. He did what he wanted, not what God wanted. So God sent Isaiah to King Ahaz and told him, God told me to tell you to prove that he is still God and how great he is, Ask for anything to happen you want, and he will do it to show you that he is still God. King Ahaz, I'm not gonna tempt God. I will not do that. 
I will not tempt God. That's what he said. So Isaiah 7:14. this is what Isaiah said to King Ahaz. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. You're not gonna, you're not gonna ask for one, so God's gonna give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. That is so amazing, not only that God proclaimed that through the Holy Spirit speaking to Isaiah, but Isaiah was so close to God that he knew, even though this is humanly impossible, God said it, I believe it, and I'm going to not only proclaim it to King Ahaz, I'm gonna write it down in scripture. That's how close he was to God. Because he's telling something's gonna happen to be a sign that is humanly impossible. But it will be a sign unto you. Jeremiah 1.12 tells us that God watches over his word to perform it. He watches over his word. When God says something, he will make sure it happens. He watches over his word. Psalms 18.30 says, all of God's promises are true. Every one of them, they're true. A portion of scripture that always amazed me was Genesis 8, verse one. It starts out by this, then God remembered Noah. And I always, when I first read that, I thought, you know, is it saying God's memory failed him? He forgot about Noah? Absolutely not. What it meant was Noah was on the ark, him and his, his family, for a little over a year. And for a little over a year, they're still floating around in an ark. So in their minds, they're saying, has God forgotten about us? We're still here, because God doesn't forget. But sometimes we think he has. We think, you know what, Lord, I've been praying for this, I've been asking for this, where are you? Have you forgotten me? So did God forget Noah? Absolutely not, not at all. The Lord did not forget, forget get him. No different than God did not forget Zacharias' prayer and Elizabeth's prayer to have a son. It seemed like it's too late now, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So whether you're like Noah and you've been in the ark for a year and you think God has forgotten you, God hasn't heard your prayer, whether you're like Zacharias and Elizabeth, who now it's humanly impossible and it's too late. With God, all things are possible. God is true to his word today as he was before. Whatever it is you're praying for in your life, whatever it is you're seeking God for, God has not forgotten your prayer. God has remembered. Remember, Zacharias, his name meant God has remembered. He's still there for you. You know, I often think uh, back on December 4th when Pastor Rob started this uh, series, he spoke of Jesus as our Savior. Then the following week, uh, there was an emergency and Pastor Rob had to leave, so Pastor Sean stepped in and Pastor Sean spoke of Jesus as our healer. Last week, Pastor Rob was here and he spoke of Jesus as our baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And I can't wait to someday hear what you were gonna say today, Pastor Rob. 
because what you were gonna talk about was Jesus, our soon coming king. You know, I often think, what was it like for those in the Old Testament? They had a promise that God was gonna send a savior of the world. He was gonna send a redeemer. He was gonna send a healer. He was gonna send a comforter. He was gonna send the savior of the world to us. And how many years did they wait? And they wait, and they wait, and it seemed like he didn't come. Did God forget? Absolutely not. God did not forget. And he even promised where he would be born. Remember Micah 5, 2, he'd be born in Beth Bethlehem. In Isaiah 7, 14, he said, a virgin shall give birth, and you will call his name Emmanuel. They waited, and they waited, and they waited. And today, I believe we are in kind of a similar situation. We're thinking of the second coming of the Lord. We're thinking of the rapture. We're thinking of the days where God's gonna make everything right. And it seems like, how long have you been waiting? How many years? You've been waiting and waiting and waiting. All through the New Testament, after Jesus was born, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead. 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. 10 days later, the Holy Spirit came. We've been waiting for the coming of Jesus, the second coming. I looked up real quick this morning that there is 1,845 biblical references to the second coming of Jesus Christ. He is coming again. He is coming again. In the Old Testament, 17 out of the 39 books declare the promise and speak of the promise of the second coming. What's interesting, I don't think I gave you this one, Jeff. Um, Enoch spoke in the Old Testament, but it's not written in the Old Testament, it's written in the New Testament. It's uh, Jude, verse 14. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. Enoch prophesies that, that there's a day coming when the Lord will come with 10,000 of his saints. Enoch lived in the Old Testament. Enoch never died. Remember Enoch? He was not, for God took him. That's how close he was walking with God. And God has a purpose for him. So that was spoken in the Old Testament. Jesus himself spoke about his second coming. Well, one, of, one of our probably most famous, most blessed and uh, well-liked verses or chapters in the whole Bible is John 14. They're all good, but John 14 is really rich. I don't know if I gave you that one or not either, Jeff, but I'm not sure. I was trying to hurry this morning. John 14. Verses two and three, Jesus spoke this to his disciples. In my Father's house are many mansions or dwelling places, places for you to live. In my house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be also. One of the things that really st uh, stands out on that with me is um, there was a couple that used to go, go here. Their names were Walt and Velma Cochran. 
It was probably 30 year, years ago they, they were here. And they lived out on Dover's Zora Road about, I don't know, six, seven miles out of town in a house all by itself. Walter passed away, went home to be with the Lord, and Velma moved to town. So Velma invited Cheryl and I over to, to, to show us her house. So she's showing us her house, and she's so proud. She's in town. Everything's close now. She, she really liked that. But when we went into her bedroom, three of the walls were kind of like sand color. And the, and, the, and the wall behind her bed was lavender. And she pointed to that and she said, my children painted that for me because that is my favorite color. And this scripture erupted in my mind that our God prepares a place for you, just for you. And if that means painting one of the walls lavender because that's your favorite color, that's what God will do. He is preparing it just for you that will please you, that will satisfy you, that will enrich you in your life. God is preparing a place just for you. Isn't that amazing? That's an amazing God we have. And Jesus told his disciples that if I go, or when I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. When Jesus comes again, every person who is alive today, or alive when he comes, or has ever lived, will see him when he comes. Every eye will see him. And what's amazing, he goes to prepare a place, why? because he wants each and every one of us to live with him for eternity. That's what he wants. He wants you to live with him for eternity. That's, what, that's his desire. No, no different than what he's created in the human race, in the family unit. You want your children in your home. Your children wanna come home. He's creating that and he wants you to come and live with him. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says it very plainly that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For one believes in his heart unto righteousness and confesses with his mouth unto salvation. So if you want to go live with him forever, you must believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, that the Father raised him from the dead, and then you must confess that with your mouth. Then you can live with him forever. He paid the price. He paid a debt that I owed for my sins. I couldn't pay that debt. I had no way of doing that. So he came and paid that debt for me. He paid the ransom for my sins. And that's what Christmas is all about. Bow, bow your heads with me if you would please. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that when we think of Christmas, we think of a baby in a, in a manger, which is true. But wow, much more than that. You're our savior, you're our healer, you're our deliverer, you're our comforter, you're our peace. You're our stronghold, you're absolutely our everything. And Lord God, if there's anyone here today 
who has not and would like to be part of your family. I just pray with them that you are the son of God. You died for my sins. You rose from the dead. And we will confess that with our mouth. We just thank you for your goodness and your mercies today, Lord God. We thank you for this time of of Christmas where the the world sets time aside to acknowledge that you, the Son of God, was born in Bethlehem and your purpose of your birth was to die for the sins of the world. I just thank you that you were a lamb without spot or blemish and may you be praised and may you be glorified today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, what an awesome word. I have a few announcements before we go this morning. We are going to be have, having a service next week at the same time, Saturday at 10 a.m., so one week from today for New Year's Eve. So we're excited to celebrate that with you as we enter a new year and see what the Lord is um, calling us to in 2023. And um, January 8th, 22nd and 29th is growth track. So if you are new to the summit and you have not taken growth track, please join us in the Family Life Center on those Sundays at 9 a.m. to join us as we learn about you and you learn about us and see how we fit together. And then January 12th through the 15th, if you have not signed up for our conference, make sure that you do that. See one of us um, for help with that. That is every night, January 12th through the 15th at 7 p.m. We are very excited. Um, We're planning the last of the things that need done for that, and it's getting super exciting. So please pray into that. And also, if you want to join a fast starting on Monday for 17 days from the day after Christmas until through the conference, just to prepare your heart for what the Lord wants to do at the conference. You can join our team in that. And the offering buckets are in the back if you need those. So um, Don will be back there. Have a blessed Christmas with your family. Have fun. That's the most important. And celebrate family together. Have an amazing week. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.